We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 WGC Dell Technologies Match Play. Yes, we finally got to the match play, and then it's Valero, and then it is the Masters, a tradition like no other. So continue to come on to the Mayo Media Network for all of your golf coverage. Remember to become a subscriber right now. Hit that subscribe button. Also, smash the like button for the video and give me your just blind early lean. Just a guy out of nowhere who you think could win the match play this week because I am recording this in full disclosure on a Friday afternoon. I don't even know the guys that are all the way in the field because right now Tiger and Brooks aren't going to play. Not sure about Matthew Wolf. Not sure about Daniel Berger. Not sure about Justin Rose, whether or not they'll be in, which could lead to guys like Ian Poulter, JT Poston sneaking in as members of Pool D to get paired up at the bottom end of some of these draws. So the content for this week is going to be a little bit different as we don't want to do the betting show until the pods are actually drawn uh, and we know that. So it's looking like that's going to happen at around 11 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. And then you probably have to wait for a little bit to wait for the betting odds to materialize for themselves. Maybe you can catch the betting odds before, like as they're doing the groups. Maybe they don't update in real time. Then maybe you can get ahead of the game on that one and find someone who's in a weaker pot, at least by your assessment, that is at unfair odds. Maybe their odds are going to go up as the week goes along. But the way that Jeff and I are planning it now is that we're going to try to shoot for one 1 p.m. Eastern time record on Monday. But again, that's all based on when the draw actually happens and the betting odds come out because we don't want to do it before we know what the pods are because we tried that one year and it was really crappy and went out of date within like 30 minutes. So 
We're just going to hold off on that. That means there's probably not going to be a DraftKings show this week. We're probably just going to lump it all into one. It starts on a Wednesday, so there's no live chat this week. There is a Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, though. People didn't seem real fond of the DFS Open Charity League, but the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, available now in the description of this video and podcast, has returned three max entry, $15 to play, no rake, so it's back to usual. If we keep filling these at a very quick and high rate, we're going to get a bigger one for Valero. And then at the Masters, we might get a huge one. Uh, the max that they'll give me is $100,000 guaranteed, which would be, I think, 6,667 entries into a $15 tournament. I don't even know if I want to make it that big, to tell you the truth, that maybe we cap it at like 4000 5000 something like that. Give the people a reason to click on the show and then go enter the contest. you got to be first to the scene on this. I expect this one to fill very quickly because this is a fun one. But if we talk about strategy, whether it's betting or for DraftKings, I think the DraftKings strategy is a bit simpler. And yeah, there's many different ways that you can do this. But the one thing that people do at match play, as we've seen over time, now that DraftKings has started to offer this event, is essentially rake themselves by not looking at the brackets. So you're going to see which pods go into the bracket. And what you don't want to do is take, let's say, two guys from the same pod. You'd think that would be very logical. But People make this mistake throughout time, as we've seen. Maybe they're going to get savvier to it. So what you ideally want to do is structure yourself, because there's 64 players in the field. Uh, they're going to be separated into four-man groups. One player will emerge from that four-man group and be put into like a March Madness-style bracket of 16. Uh, you want to take guys from different ends of the bracket. So you know what pod is going to go to the, ra- to the next round and play against the winner of the next pod. So you have to think through that a little bit to make sure that, you know, ideally you get four guys that are on, you know, one top end, one top end, the bottom end, the bottom end, that theoretically Theoretically, you could have all four of your players go into the final four. Now, listen, we play this every single week, and you know we can barely get six guys through a cut. So you still want to play for optimal purposes, where if your outcome happens, you have the best, you have the optimal outcome. That's always what this is about. That you can get five or six guys through, and it could still work out. You get two or six guys and end up with two guys in the final and still win that way. But if you're trying to play for the most optimal outcome, you need to think through your picks a little bit of how you want to structure them so your guys don't knock each other out in the process, or even all four of your guys are in the same quadrant and you can only get two of a potential four guys through going through it. So that's the basic strategy for the match play on DraftKings. And even betting wise, you can kind of structure it the same way too, where you want to take guys from different pods where you can try to at least maximize the amount of guys you get going to the final eight or final four, or hell, even through to the 16, where your guys actually have a live chance of getting there. So there's not really much statistical analysis you can do on this. Like I mentioned, the field is going to be set at 64. We don't know what guys are in and what guys are out. We know that two guys are probably actually out. So Andy Sullivan, Antoine Rosner, and the Gooch got the final four spots based on their world rankings the top 64 world rankings as of last week so you can't play yourself into the tournament this week around but the first alternates for this would be Poulter, EVR, Adam Long, JT Poston, Dylan Fratelli and Lucas Ebert. Uh, Ebert was playing well at, the, at PGA National from what I could see through a round and a half uh, it looked like he was about to make the cup but you never know uh, with so much water lurking about I don't know if he's got bear trapped yet in his second round so 
Uh, if five guys do not end up playing who are currently in, if the five that I listed all decide to skip this event to get themselves ready for the Masters, like i.e. like Wolf, Rose, and Berger, uh, if they just don't want to take the chance this week to re-injure themselves because Augusta is what on is what's on their radar, then uh, combined with Brooks and Tiger not playing, then you would get lucas herbert into the field so i wouldn't think that anything more than the top 70 in the world so those five guys would be the first five alternates going through this week but as i mentioned there's not many stats to draw from solely because you never play full rounds here so strokes gain data isn't really taken into consideration because some guys could win you know you could go t- full tiger on Stephen ames and win nine and eight and you've only played nine holes and that's going to be it so you don't even get credit for what happens on hole 16 so uh database of stats is you know you can look at stats that translate over to the course and we'll get to that in a second fantasynational.com by the way is where you want to go to find all of this stuff all of the relevant stats all of the most customizable tools to use to your advantage uh, but match play is just a little bit wonky when it comes down to it. Uh, you kind of have to go with gut feel a lot of the time. And again, just assess the board after the groups are drawn. And then in your own mind, try to piece together the perfect paths for your players to get to the final four. Uh, if we talk about the course, it's Austin CC. This will be the fifth time the match play has been held at this course. I really like this course for match play because it's wide open to almost anyone. It's a par 71, uh, 7,182 yards. It could play down to 7,100 yards, as high as 7,200 yards. So, well, we've seen bombers do well, like Dustin Johnson and Bubba Watson have both won here. You know, Kevin Kisner has also won here at the same time. So, are your wedges hot? Is your putter hot? That's essentially what we're looking for. And can you gain strokes off the tee to put yourself in primo position? Because something like hole number 12, the famous hole with the bridge in the background, is the hole where it has a huge downslope, where I think Rory drove it like 410 yards on that hole. So if you can get it to the downslope, it makes the hole a lot easier. Uh, hole number 13, for example, is a drivable par four for a lot of the field. Some guys, some of the shorter hitters, may elect to lay up and get to their proper wedge range. Uh, where there is no like shot link data for a lot of this stuff, uh, when you just kind of parse it out and look at all of the short par fours that are on the course, uh, I'm just jump over to my stat model here on fantasynational.com. I've updated this a little bit. So strokes gained off the tee, 30% opportunities gained, 10% birdies are better, 15% strokes gained approach, 20% around the green, 10% because these greens are not large to tell you the truth. They are 5,500 square feet on average, which is below tour average. So you might have to scramble a little bit to save your par and try to have a whole proximity from 100 to 125. That's going to be a key range for a lot of the field who can make the most birdies from that range. And I put in Eagles at 5% as well. And I'll load that up as we go through. But I did want to share a few other notes before we jump back to that. Like I said, par 71, 7,182 yards. Uh, There's going to be different scorecards for every day of the week as they switch it up. I think the first three, all of the group stages will probably be consistent to not give an advantage to any one player changing up how you attack certain holes. But I think then the round of 16, they'll move the tees around a little bit and that kind of thing. In 2019, Kevin Kisner defeated Matt Kuchar in the finals, three and two. In 2018, Bubba Watson defeated Kevin Kisner, seven and six. 
picks that year. That was a fun one for us. We hit Bubba Watson that year. Dustin Johnson over John Rahm the year before that, one up in the finals. And Jason Day defeated Louis Eustace in five and four the first time that we saw this in Austin. It is a Pete Dye course. So you can always go back and look at your Pete Dye filters on PGA or on fantasynational.com. Once again, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that ever so great 20% discount, especially with the Masters coming up. You want to lock yourself into that. Get that monthly membership right now. Uh, there's 110 bunkers on the course. There's five water hazards. I mentioned the smallish greens. And if we kind of flip over, I'll try to get to the course breakdown for Austin. We do have the course loaded in, although there's not much you can glean in terms of strokes gain data as it pertains to it. As you can see, you see the scoring distribution for the holes, but that's only the holes that are played. Not every hole is played every day by every person, depending on what the score is. Uh, so there's very few things that you can find out from that. I want to go to Austin Country Club. Oops. Fooled around with this too much. Hey, Augusta National, that's already loaded in. You can go check out Augusta National and get your head start on master's research. Uh, but as you can see, there's a bunch of power fours on the course, sub 400 yards. That's what allows some of these shorter hitters to experience a lot of success here. But you can see that the par five number six and the par five number 16 both generate eagles. So an eagle on that hole is probably a win. So that's why I factored in eagle rate just a little bit. And the par five 12th, the drawer, and the par five 12th uh, is that one where you can get the huge downslope. So distance will matter on that hole, almost a 3% eagle rate uh, the drivable par 413th not a huge eagle rate but a pretty high birdie rate a lot of pars made on that hole too it's a bit of a risk reward so we've actually seen over time the guys that lay up on that hole and get it to their proper wedge range actually end up doing the best uh, from that if we just kind of separate them by you know by par, you can see the par threes on the course. We'll just go by length. You know, there's nothing over 200 yards. There's a there's one as short uh, as 145 on the course. 145, 165, 192, 198. Then you have one, two, three, four, five par fours under. 400 yards. That could be something to look at too if you really wanted to play around with some of the metrics. But going back over time and looking at records at this course in particular, so of there's, it's been played four times. Not everyone obviously plays every single year, but Louis and Kuchar, although I don't believe Kuchar is in it this time around. Maybe I'm off on that. What's Kuchar ranked in the world? Now he's, he's going to be in the field. He's 54th. Uh, they've both made it to the knockout stage. They've advanced from their group three of the four years. Guys that have advanced twice uh, in the four years, Norin, DJ, Kisner, Bubba, Leishman, Bill Haas, who is not in the field, Kevin Na, Tyrrell Hatton, who would be my early lean for this. I like Rory and Hatton this week. Uh, but maybe I'll find someone throughout the stats that looks a little bit better. Zach Johnson is actually on that list too, but Zach Johnson, unfortunately, is no longer in the top 100 in the world, so he will not be playing. So Norin, DJ, Kisner, Bubba, Leishman, Kevin Na, Hatton, Casey, Rory, and Patrick Reed are the players that have advanced. Brooks has also advanced twice too, but he is not going to be playing this week. Then we'll have a few first-timers. So... Essentially, what I want to find are players who can just really rack it up uh, in terms of you know making a ton of birdies. I'm not too concerned about doubles or worse, to tell you the truth. Like someone like Jordan Spieth, I think is super live this week with the way that he is making birdies at his clip right now, uh, and just you know the putts are rolling for him. If you can catch hot wedges and a hot putter, you're going to do really well in this match play format. 
the greens for this course are almost like identical to what we saw at the players championship. They are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens, but because of the time of the year, they're overseeded with POA and bent grass, which is almost identical to what the layout was at the players championship. They ran 12 on the stamp in 2018. That's the last number that I could find for this event. So um, we're not just looking uh, all too much about you know, what the putting stats are. Can you catch a hot putter, I would suppose? I think that Pete Dye history would go a lot further with this and just the recent form of how the wedges are going. Like Someone like Jason Day, for example, who crushed it tee to green at the Players' Championship. He's someone who's won, I believe, twice now in a match play format. The putter has just been rolling so cold for him. That's not going to deter me from using someone like Jason Day, but it might make him a better value in the betting market depending on the group that he ends up drawing. It's time once again to tell you all about Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal, one of the best parts about being a kid, but ever since I switched to Magic Spoon, I don't mind eating some cereal anymore because it's not full of sugar, that other junk that you don't eat. It's a great snack. It can be a great breakfast. And I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food in general. So that means I basically can't eat anything. And, you know, I tried protein shakes and, like, powders. And, listen, I'm not a bodybuilder. That stuff's not really for me. But I did find this was a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. So that's working out for me. There are zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving of Magic Spoon, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news, friends. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. That sounds awesome. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat-yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time. Or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I recommend fruity because those are awesome. I would just get fruity and eat those all of the time. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships to Canada as well. And you can do other things by mixing stuff together. Mix cocoa with peanut butter and it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup, except it's super nutritious. So you have that going for you as well. Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use my promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code mayo at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. So let's take a look at what the models spit out for our players this week. 
Uh, I actually, because we don't have the field loaded in, because I'm doing this so, so early, because the official field has not been announced yet. Once the odds and DraftKings pricing comes out, the entire field of 64 will be loaded onto Fantasy National. I just have this sorted by all current tour players. So you're going to see some guys that aren't in the field pop out, like uh, Max Homa rates out fifth over the past 24 rounds of what I'm looking at. Maybe he's someone who could pop up. Uh, Corey Connors, Joaquin Neiman, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Max Homa are the best players right now. Chris Kirk, I believe, will be in this field. No, Chris Kirk will not. He actually advanced out of his stage. Brian Harmon got one of the last spots. He jumped up from 91st to 58th. Uh, in the world rankings uh, to qualify for this event because of his players' championship finish. He lost to Bubba Watson. He made it out of his group, then lost to Bubba in the round of 16, uh, the year that Bubba ended up winning that event. So you can just kind of see when it comes up, just the overall rankings uh, over the past 24 rounds. Uh, Connors, Neiman, DJ, Bryson, Homa, Chris Kirk, uh, not playing. Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Tony Fino, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Rory, Cam Davis, I don't think qualifies. Neither does Moore. Kokrak is still up there, and he's been playing pretty well, putted well uh, at the Players' Championship, too. So someone to keep on the radar in that regard. Ryan Palmer had a nice weekend, or at least a nice Sunday. Uh, not great around the green. So some of the stuff you can throw out, too, right? Like, for example, I threw in around the greens because of the smallish type greens. But if you wanted to build sort of like the optimal model this week, you would just kind of put in driving approach, opportunities gained, eagle rate, and maybe one of your key proximity ranges, maybe uh, par fours less than 400 yards or 350 to 400 yards and see who rates out really well on that. And I only say that because, you know, if you don't get it up and down for par, it doesn't then matter if you make a five or a nine, Uh, you're going to lose the hole. So crooked numbers aren't the end of the world this week. That's why I factored in both opportunities gain and birdies are better again, just to you know really double down on who's putting it close to the hole. But at the same time, who also factors like the putting for me this week is baked into that birdies are better game number so just over the past 24 rounds you see connor's rates out the best can he make enough putts to compete in any given round sure why not uh birdies are better gained overall thomas hovland finau bryson brooks cantley reed morikawa dustin johnson and max homa this could be a really nice format for morikawa to tell you the truth i I actually don't mind this green surface for him uh maybe you can get it rolling uh if it plays anything like the the work day kind of did in terms of how these greens tend to roll you know he had two really good rounds at the players and two really bad rounds now one bad round can knock you out of this tournament obviously but if it happens in the first three days and you still go two and one depending on who you lose to you can still actually end up getting through to the weekend if you catch a hot putter for a little bit of the time you know that he's going to be attacking and he makes so many birdies that even in the rounds where he's not getting the putts to drop he's still sticking it pretty close that you know three or four birdies along the way could be good enough to push you if you're making bogeys along the way too and if your opponent just isn't up to snuff that day then all of a sudden you could be looking really really good Cameron Smith I think is super interesting too solely because of the kind of the way that he's been doing it. If you look at birdies are better gained against the field since the farmers, he's only dropped to the field once over that time and making birdies is going to win you holes. Uh, he might bleed them back every now and then, but that could be okay. He advanced two years or three years ago now in this event out of the round of 16 two. Um, so there's a bunch of different names and you know, we see upsets all the time happen. So if you're filling out a bracket or even trying to make your DraftKings pick, try to use some logic behind your picks, obviously, 
um, at least to the best of your abilities. But it's not like an underdog can't pop up and just win a group, uh, as evidenced by like Norin making it through twice. I don't know if he's on that same level, but I think that Kevin Na has advanced out of the group stage. He he has advanced out of the group stage two of four years, but I don't think that he's ever been better ranked than he currently is uh, and no better ever the two years that he advanced like 55th in the pod I think that was his best ranking coming in so guys can kind of pop out to it I would just lead to Pete Dye in recent form those would be the two main things that I would be looking at so hopefully someone like Siwoo Kim uh, can get it on the go just a little bit what else did I want to look at here? I'm just going to flip back over to just overall strokes game past 24 rounds. I'm going to actually lengthen this out to past 50 rounds. I have it on all players mode, so it just takes a takes a second to load. And we'll go past 50 rounds because I want to look at that key par 4 range and see what is popping off to me here. Strokes gain. I want to go to par four efficiency and 350 to 400 yards. Who plays those holes the best? Because that could be very telling with four of the five par fours less than 300 yards in that range. The other one a bit drivable, but should play around kind of the same. Matt, every bad at those holes. So we got, is Cameron Davis in the field? Has he been good enough? No, he has, he has not been good enough to be in this field. Cantley, Casey, Kisner, Rom, Lowry. Dustin Johnson, I don't believe Matt Jones is there, even if he wins at PGA National. Kuchar, still up there for holes of that range. Morikawa, Henley, Streelman, who I don't think is in. English, Matt Wolf, probably not going to play. And Louis. Louis has had some of the most success at this tournament. So Louis Hatton, I mean, maybe we can go back to Kisner. This could be really shape up to be a good Paul Casey type course. Uh so short list, Hatton, Casey, Rory, and Brits apparently for me. Louie would be another name I'd throw onto that. Kevin Na has had some good runs, although he's iffy to play too because he withdrew from the players because of the WD. So you'd have to keep an eye on him. It just could be a Dustin route at the same time uh, just because he hasn't put it all together at any sort of time. It's going to all really depend on groupings and the odds. Carlos Ortiz, I actually do think is someone who's going to be a bit off the radar who I think could play really well here. Obviously, he's been putting the lights out. And my guy, Abe Answer, of course, the Mexican AI, uh, will be two lower-end guys. We know that Abraham Answer plays really well at Pete Dye courses over time. But then we just look at Carlos Ortiz. You know, Poa is his preferred putting surface, but he's just been gaining a lot of strokes putting. We know the approach hasn't been coming along with it, but some results in Texas. He's played well over the years. He's very accustomed to Texas play. If the wind does pick up in Austin, that should be a benefit to him over anything uh same as neiman in that regard abraham answer he just hasn't had putting come along with anything but if this is a week where he can putt i mean the approach has been excellent the driving has been excellent we've seen him play really well at die courses in the past that he would be a lower seed that i wouldn't mind targeting in an event like this uh, i don't think that grio qualifies is grio not in the top 100 in the world really Jeez, for a guy that like rates out so well statistically, you think that he would be better? 145th in the world? Good God. Really thought he'd be better than that. There's also an alternate event going on as well. Uh, the Corrales uh, is happening. So maybe we'll even touch on that on the show. So those were the top 10. Let's shrink this down to past 24 rounds and see if there's any major... You know what? Let's just run a rolling report. That can give us a better example of who's been playing better on that type of hole. Now I need to let everything rolling report par for efficiency, 350 to 400. 
and then we'll sort by like past eight rounds or past 12 rounds, and then we'll go from there to see who has been rating out the best overall in this sort of thing. I said, I'm just trying to piece this together very much in the same way that you guys are. Uh, and just trying to get uh, as much information as I can do. But again, it's really difficult to parse a lot of this until you see what the groupings. There's going to be a group of death, and then there's going to be what on paper is a super easy group, and the guy you expect to come out of that group is definitely not going to come out of that group because that's always just the way that it ends up going. So past 12 rounds on that 350 to 400 range uh, of players in the field, JT, Casey, Cantlay. Is Keegan in the field? No, Keegan can't be in the field now. Keegan also not inside the top 100. Gooch actually rates out really well. Warinsky, he got the win last year. He's, he's uh, I guess the alt event doesn't prop him up enough. EVR could, could sneak into this field. He rates out highly there. Even Fleetwood actually still does pretty well. Henley, Lowry. Did Grace get enough? Grace advanced last time. Now Grace doesn't have the world ranking points in order to get in. Jason Day is still up there in that regard. Let's just take a look at Jason Day. And Matt Kuchar still even rates out. For a guy who's not playing good golf, He's all signs are still pointing to what he does well for this course, which is really strange uh, as a guy with some of the most success ever at this event, unless he's playing Kevin Kisner. Uh, he lost to Kisner in the finals, then he got bounced by Kisner in the round of 16 the year before that. Day, as you can see, the tee to green has been really good. Five straight events off the tee has been really good. You know the approaches are going to be hit or miss. Would you expect him to lose seven and a half strokes putting? Probably not. Is that the worst of that is the worst putting performance of his career dating back? How long does this database go back to for Jason Day? 2008. And that was the worst putting performance of his lifetime. I guess uh, at the in Phoenix earlier this year, per round, it was actually worse, but but he missed the cut. He actually made the cut in Phoenix despite all of that. So Jason Day sneaky for the Masters. Jason Day sneaky for this event. If he can recapture his, he doesn't even need to recapture his old school putting magic. He just needs to not putt like he's fucking Luke List and he'll be fine. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, number 24 of all players overall on the PGA Tour. So for this field, he'd be close to the top 10 when it comes down to that as well. And that's over the past 24. You can see that Casey always historically rates out very highly. Thomas is playing these ones a lot better. Who has gotten better over time? Gooch is just running hot on holes from this length right now. Over the past 100 rounds, he's 143rd on tour in that time. Shane Lowry is actually playing a lot better recently on holes of this length than he normally has. Russell Henley uh, is actually getting worse despite the fact that he's still up near the top. He and Kevin Kisner were the two best players from that range over the past 100 rounds. If we just look long-term past 100 rounds, Henley and Kisner 1-2, Cantlay and Louie still up there, Casey, Reed, Xander, Morikawa. Uh, Matt Wallace is going to be ranked up there pretty highly, Webb Simpson as well. This, on paper, should be a really good web course, but it doesn't seem like he ever really does well. It's really strange. Coming off a miscut, too. Rose probably not going to end up playing. Rom and Hatton and Bryson all packaged up there as well. This is going to be like a pitch and putt for Bryson if he decides to get aggressive. But he played within himself so well at the Players' Championship that he might not be goaded into going for a lot of this stuff if danger lurks. Uh, but maybe he just assesses it where, hey, this is match play, and this is a guy who's won a U.S. amateur in the past that, you know, 
pretty decent match play player if you win one of those events that maybe he sees the risk reward and really trying to put a lot of pressure on his opponent if he feels like he can get it up and down from greenside or from within 50 feet we know that's always going to kind of be the problem for him uh, if he lays back and gets the irons going hot then maybe he can be really good at a course like this so a lot of different factors you can take into consideration this week i don't really want to go over too much on the DraftKings side of things for my 200 dollars review lineup because a it's probably not going to win money again so minus 1400 pat mayo looking good and losing my mortgage playing DraftKings in this fucking 200 dollars contest i keep saying i'm not going to keep playing it now there are possibilities where this could work out for me kh lee is in that lineup he has officially missed the cut it has neiman scott warinsky and shez last time i checked they were all inside the cut line so you know at i would say at best this is probably at best it's a five of six because luke list is on this team because i very smartly swapped out aaron wise for luke list at the last second in this lineup in fact i had list and nor i had wise and norin i think it was in and i swapped them out for double swap for lee and list because i'm a moron uh and that's the way that i decided to go with it so you know a bad mistake on my part now if list can somehow rally to make the cut it could be a five of six and i do think a five of six actually would end up in the cash but i have no guarantees that neiman scott warinsky or shez are all going to make the cut too this could still be a zero of six with the way that i'm looking at it right now uh but let's just say it's a four of six a four of six has the potential to cash this week if you can end up with the winner on your team that's really the only way that i can see that coming through so uh not looking great for me since none of those guys are up near the top of the leaderboard so i'll just unless things change and i'll update that in two weeks when i actually have the final information uh it will be minus 1400 for me looking good so enjoy my donation into the pot remember to smash the like button to this video so i can get some ad revenue from everything uh so i can continue to afford and donate back to all you good people in the pot every single week so hopefully we can get our show out in a timely fashion i'll have a cheat sheet for DraftKings up on dkplaybook.com uh but once again just the strategy of knowing the brackets waiting until a little bit later on in the week and then just a lot of playing your gut oh you know what i should do and I'll do this right now. I'll jump back to Fantasy National. I should look up the Pete Dye courses. I wonder if I can do a Pete Dye rolling report. And we'll call it ball striking. That is the stat that I'm going to look at. We'll call it ball striking on Pete Dye courses. A rolling report. So I'll let that load in. Then I'll set it to the Pete Dye filter. And hopefully that'll be good enough that maybe we'll find a name or two that pops up. Like, hey, wasn't expecting that guy. It's going to be like Matt Kuchar. I'm going to look at Matt Kuchar all week. And then if I play Matt Kuchar, he's going to go 0 and 3. And if I don't play Matt Kuchar, he's going to go to the semifinals. That's just the way that these, these things work out. Uh, Harbor Town. <clears throat> I do think is one of the direct corollaries to this course, though, with Kisner having so much success here and Kuchar having so much success here, that that one just really pops out. Um, over time of a course where people can get it going uh, on paper matthew fitzpatrick should play well at this course but you never know with matthew fitzpatrick do the pete die filter for this as well and see what pops up left last 50 rounds or it's actually going to be a rolling report so we can kind of take a longer term view of this to see who's playing better at pete die courses and then you're going to have some guys like jason day who i guess tends to play the stronger field die courses where players like taylor gooch don't or abraham answer don't uh let's see past 12 rounds ball striking so siwoo kim is probably the best in the field uh justin thomas Corey connors abe answer paul casey jason day rory sergio sergio is another guy who's made it uh, pretty deep into this hideki bryson dj 
Harmon, Rom, Luke List won't be in this. Fleetwood, Cooch. I don't think Burned is in. Cantlay, Kokrak, Berger. Tiger would be, but he's not playing. Uh, Rose, we don't know if he's playing or not. Then Neiman is up there. That's past 12 rounds. If we just go to past 50 rounds and just look, take an overall view at Pete Dye courses uh, in just strokes game, ball striking, Rory is number one. He is number 12 over the past 12 rounds. And then over the past eight rounds, where last week's players gets rated in very highly, 67th. And again, this is for all players on the PGA Tour. But this gives you, hey, Graham Dillette, number five over the past 50 rounds. He's not playing in this match play, but love myself some Graham Dillette. Rory, DJ, Day, Sergio, Casey, Kucher, Kokraxi, woo, Adam Scott, Rose, Bubba, Molinari's not qualified, Berger, JT, Harmon, Spieth. Yeah, interesting. Spieth, long-term, one of the tops in the field in ball striking at die courses. And over the past eight rounds, number 13 of all players on tour. So he's getting better ball striking at Pete die courses. Henley is still up there. Is Henley qualified for this? He should be. You got to think so. Yeah, he's number 60 in the world ranking. So he'll be in the back end of this field. Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Gary Woodland. is Yeah, Woodland still has the U.S. Open win on his track record he is number 51 in the world ranking so he will get into the field uh someone whose ball striking had been pretty good before the players i don't know how exactly he did at the players ball striking was really good at the players couldn't chip or putt mexico bad just across the board actually made some putts that week lost almost eight strokes at the genesis in two rounds ball striking was really good approach was good in phoenix bad at the farmers in his three rounds on the south course great ball striking at a pete die course uh, those were the only weighted ones. So three rounds at the American Express at Pete Dye uh, gained in ball striking there. So, so another player that you can look at the back end. He's advanced once in four years in these fields as well. Ryan Palmer, uh, historically long-term in the upper crust of this field in ball striking at Pete Dye courses. So that's your Pete Dye report for the week. Maybe just blindly bet Bubba and just hope that this is the year that it just all works out for Bubba Watson. He's got it all back together. This obviously is a Bubba track once we're looking down through it. And he does have some wins at Pete Dye courses. Obviously, the Travelers really sticks out in everyone's mind. He's a three-time winner there, but he's also won the Zurich Classic TPC Louisiana, which is another Pete Dye track as well. So he always has that like random variable of randomness that comes through for him like once every 25 tournaments and maybe he can recapture the ball striking that he had put forward throughout the course of the final part of 2020 when he was just striking the shit out of the ball great tee to green couldn't make a putt and it seems like that is somewhat deteriorated now that the calendar has actually flipped we really haven't seen any glimpses of it through the first part of 2020 some rounds here and there but no sustained play coming out of Bubba Watson in that regard. Anyway, that's the match play preview. Uh, Jeff and I will be back with the betting show where we break down each of the pods uh, sometime on Monday. So please tune into that. We're also going to have a few special shows throughout the week. Uh, plus the fantasy baseball show should be up and running for the start of baseball season. The preseason shows are already out now. So subscribe to that. Subscribe to the UFC show. Subscribe to the hockey show. And please help out Mayo Media Network by doing all those things. Leaves ratings and reviews on all the shows if you have haven't already that stuff goes a long way and subscribe to mayo media network on youtube too all right become a member at fantasynational.com slash mayo for that discount right now as well i'm pat mayo thank you all for watching i'll see you next time 
sense. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.